Welcome to Caregiver Chats. I'm Dr. Lakeland. Today I'm going to talk about the important signs to look for when visiting aging relatives this holiday season. So stay tuned and we'll get into it. Caregiver Chats is a podcast designed to help those caring for older adults find balance, support, resources, and encouragement. If you're caring for an aging family member or friend, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Dr. Lakeland. I'm a gerontologist and caregiving advocate for Home Instead, an honor company. I know how busy caregivers are, and I'm so grateful that you're taking the time to listen. I also want to hear from you. Please email me your caregiving questions, and I plan to answer them on future episodes. My email is caregiverchats at homeinsteadinc.com. That's homeinsteadinc.com. Last episode, I talked with Consuela Marshall about setting boundaries in caregiving. It can be challenging to set boundaries, but it's so important for so many reasons. So I hope you'll go back and listen to learn more. Today, I'm kicking off a two-part series called Home for the Holidays. And in this first episode, I'm talking about the important signs to look for when visiting aging relatives this holiday season. But before I get too far into today's topic, I want to acknowledge that today, November 30th, is the last day of National Family Caregiver Month. This month was dedicated to recognizing family caregivers and all that they do for those they care for. I want to say a sincere thank you to all of you family caregivers out there. While one month of thanks is not nearly enough, I hope that you feel appreciated. I'm also grateful that you're part of this Caregiver Chats community, where I hope to provide you with encouragement, support, and resources along your caregiving journey. So as we wrap up National Family Caregiver Month, thank you again for all that you do. Now back to today's topic of Home for the Holidays. Many of you likely visited your loved ones for the Thanksgiving holiday and have more celebrations ahead for Christmas, Hanukkah, or Kwanzaa. Interestingly, at Home Instead, we see a significant spike in inquiries for home care services after the holiday season. Many adult children have been home to visit their loved ones or spent more time with them than usual over the holidays and have started to notice signs that their aging loved one needs more support. Visiting around the holidays can be an eye-opening experience, so I want to give you some things to consider before you head home uh, this holiday season to make the most of your visit. So today I plan to cover signs to look for that more help is needed, what to do when you see those signs, resources to help support your aging loved one, and finally some tips on home safety and setting the environment up for safety. Let's start with an overview of some signs to look for that more help might be needed. When you're visiting your aging parent or loved one, do you sometimes notice that things seem a little off? You know, maybe dad can't find his medications or mom won't talk about that mysterious dent in the car. Maybe one time you noticed a scorched pan or kettle left boiling on the stove indicating that it was forgotten about. These types of things may be an indication that a conversation is needed with our aging loved one about more support to help keep them safe in their home environment. And this is really important because we know that home is where so many people want to be and want to stay. So if we can be proactive at these first signs and get the necessary help, hopefully uh, they can continue to stay in their homes for as long as possible. I want to share six signs that you will want to look out for, for what could be an indicator that your older adult loved one could benefit 
from some more help at home. First is a cluttered household. Has the inside of their home become uncharacteristically disorganized or unkept? Are there dirty dishes and laundry piling up? You know, don't write these behaviors off as laziness, especially if your loved one has always typically been an organized person. You know, an unkept home could indicate that their physical health is holding them back from keeping up with the usual housework. The next is missed medication or unpaid bills. Are there full bottles of pills lying around the house or uh, are they paying bills late or not paying them at all? Not only could these types of behaviors lead to a very serious medical complication or household emergency, but they could also be early signs of cognitive impairment or dementia. Definitely something we want to keep a lookout for. The third is a change in behavior or personal appearance. You know, have you noticed a decline in their personal hygiene or have they lost a significant amount of weight? Are they acting out of the ordinary? Maybe their uh, mood has changed. It's really important to take note of these changes as they might mean that maybe they're neglecting to take care of themselves, maybe they're suffering from loneliness or depression, or again, maybe their physical health is preventing them from keeping up with their personal appearance. Fourth is a mysterious car dent. I mentioned that a little bit earlier, but are you finding these unexplained dents or scratches on the car? Are they getting into more accidents on the road? Those types of things. Evidence of this damage could mean that their ability to drive is diminishing and it could be a serious threat to their safety as well as the safety of other drivers. So conversations around driving, they're really, really hard, but it's so important. I hope to do a full episode on this topic sometime next year. Next is misplaced vital items. You may notice your loved one is leaving important items like a walker or purse uh, behind in a restaurant or retail store, or they're misplacing their keys in the refrigerator. You know, these types of signs could indicate cognitive decline. In episode eight of Caregiver Chats, I went into the top 10 warning signs of Alzheimer's and other dementias. So if you have concerns about your loved one's cognition, I would suggest you go back and listen to that episode. The final sign to look for is decreased mobility or signs of a fall. You know, does your loved one have difficulty getting up from being seated or uh, standing for long periods of time? Do they have bruises or wounds that could point to a recent fall? Uh, do you notice that as they walk around, do they hold on to the walls or to furniture as they walk? And, you know, if you look at the bathroom, does the towel bar look like it's being used as a grab bar? Is it kind of starting to come out of the wall or is it really loose? You know, these are signs, again, that there might be mobility issues or falls. And falls are very common in older adults. In fact, one in four older adults age 65 and over fall each year. So it is common, but there's a lot that can be done in terms of home safety to help decrease the risk of falls, which I want to talk more about home safety at the end of today's episode. So I'll save some great tips for then. So if you notice any of these six signs or any others that give you pause and have you saying to yourself, something isn't right here. It could be time to take action. So now let's talk about what to do when you see these signs. Having conversations with our parents can be hard. 
Nobody enjoys the idea of confrontation, so it's important not to approach the conversation about these warning signs from the point of accusations. Instead, bring it up as a true two-way discussion about your observations and try to work together on a solution with your aging loved one. You also want to try and avoid any knee-jerk reactions in the moment that might put your aging loved one on the defense. It can be helpful to designate a time to talk with your aging loved one and come prepared. And so I want to offer up some general strategies that I hope will help with these types of conversations and meetings. So first, I mentioned the importance of coming prepared to these discussions. And part of that is to prepare your own mindset as the caregiver. You can pause and think about their perspective. You know, try to put yourself in their shoes and imagine what it would be like to be in their situation. You know, giving up independence or admitting that you need help, that's really hard. So thinking about it from their perspective can help you go into the conversation from a place of empathy. Another component of being prepared is to gather the facts. And this might involve talking with other family members to get their perspectives. You might also need to gather some documents or records for things like unpaid bills. Uh, You can even consider going for a ride with your older loved one and ask them to drive if you have driving concerns so you can observe. All of this will help you, again, compile the facts, make the observations about the situation. And you want to think through also kind of the main points that you want to bring up during your discussion and also come prepared maybe with some possible solutions to discuss during your conversation. Next, you want to consider your approach. Think about the right approach for the person and the situation. People may need some pre-warning about the conversation. You know, I mentioned earlier, try not to have a knee-jerk reaction. Instead, you could say something like, hey, mom, I've noticed a lot of different pill bottles laying around. Do you think we could find some time to sit down tomorrow, you know, and talk about it and go over them together? This may uh, give her time to mentally prepare for this important conversation. It may also be best to have the conversation at a time of day when your loved one is most alert instead of choosing, you know, before an afternoon nap or after the nap when they might be a little groggy or out of it. You also want to consider the setting. Make sure that they're in a setting where they are comfortable and relaxed. And one final aspect of the approach is thinking through if it makes sense to have anyone else join the conversation. You know, in some families, there's one sibling that can really get through to mom or dad, and other siblings might add more conflict than good to the conversation. So make sure you have the right people at the table for the discussion. And once you have a plan for when and where, be sure to listen. I mean, really listen to your older loved one. Active listening involves really hearing what the person is saying, and even it can be helpful to repeat back or summarize what they're saying so that the person feels heard and understood. It also may help them clarify if there's a misunderstanding. And I I may have said this before on a uh, previous episode, but we have two ears and one mouth for a reason, so we really should take extra effort to listen. When expressing your concerns, it can be helpful to stick to the facts. You know, you gathered them earlier, so try to stick to them. Uh, And, you know, again, try to talk about what you're observing without being accusatory. For example, you could say, you know, I've noticed some small dents in your car, and I'm wondering if you can tell me more about them. And a good follow-up question could be, you know, 
How do you feel about your driving abilities? Have you noticed any changes? This can be more helpful than starting the conversation with, we've noticed dents in your car and we think it's time for you to stop driving. That's pretty abrupt. So again, try to stick to the facts uh, to help you know, minimize any emotions that can come into the situation. Um, and also, again, make it a two-way discussion. As you talk through the possible solutions, we always want to start with the goal of maximum independence. Your loved one might be struggling with the loss of their independence, and they might also fear that by admitting they need help, that the family is automatically going to make them move out of the house into a nursing home or downsize into assisted living. And you can emphasize to your loved one that the goal is to actually help you stay here at home as long as possible, if that really is the goal. Uh, But you want to make them also as safe as possible. So you could ask them, you know, what would they be willing to do to have extra help in order to stay home where they want to be? You know, and after you have these conversations, it doesn't necessarily mean they're one and done. You need to revisit these conversations as needed. And sometimes you have to come to terms with the fact that you might not arrive at a solution with the first conversation. It might need to be that you have a discussion over time or several discussions to make progress towards a solution. And again, you might need to revisit this conversation down the road, especially if there's something like a decline in health or a major life event like the death of a spouse. You know, all of these tips are great. And there's actually a helpful article in the show notes from our Home Instead website that goes into even more detail on how you can approach these topics, um, these tough conversations like driving, you know, the house is a mess or discussions about money. Those are all really touchy subjects. And so I hope you'll visit our site uh, for more tips. No matter the topic, as part of your conversation, you'll want to discuss possible resources and solutions. I definitely want to talk more about that. But first, we're going to take a short commercial break. This podcast is brought to you by Home Instead, an honor company. If you find yourself needing extra support as a family caregiver or time away from your caregiving responsibilities, Home Instead can help. Our home care services are delivered by compassionate care professionals and range from personal care, meal preparation, and medication management to Alzheimer's care and hospice support. Visit homeinstead.com to learn more and to find a location near you. Once you identify that your loved one needs more help, you can start to talk about the possible solutions and resources. Of course, family is usually the first to step up and offer support to their aging loved one when they see a need arise. The family could create a schedule to check in regularly or to provide help around the house. You could even enlist the help of friends and neighbors as well. And if it's the house or lawn that needs upkeep, you could consider hiring professional lawn care or housekeeping to come on a regular basis. Or you could determine a family member who will help out with those activities. In my family, my cousin who's in college, uh, she was hired, if you will, by my grandma to clean for her every other week. This provides so many great benefits. One, it's socialization for my grandma and a clean house. And then for my cousin, it's some extra cash. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a professional, but it could definitely be uh, someone that comes regularly to help keep the house in tip-top shape. Another helpful resource to consider is home care, like the services we provide at home instead. Home care can help meet the needs Uh, of a wide range of services, including, you know, household management, like organizing the mail and light housekeeping, 
They can also assist with meal preparation, transportation, and running errands. They can also give medication reminders and even provide some hands-on personal care like bathing and grooming assistance. So having a regular schedule of home care could provide peace of mind for family caregivers, especially, you know, if they're the long distance family caregivers. Uh, And home care can also help fill the gaps where maybe family cannot be available and give family a much needed break. I've linked in the show notes to a free downloadable home care guide to help provide even more insights on home care services and all of the great benefits that they provide. Another really helpful resource is your local area agency on aging. Sometimes we shorten that to AAA, and every county in the United States has a AAA. You can reach out to them for additional services that might be helpful, such as a Meals on Wheels program or homemaker services, or sometimes they have volunteer programs uh, for kind of household services. Also, if you refer back to one of my very first episodes, episode three of Caregiver Chats, I go over the top 10 resources every caregiver should know, and that would be a great place to start to look for additional resources as a source of help for your loved one. For the final part of today's episode, I want to talk more about home safety. While you're home for the holidays, making observations about the safety of the living environment can be really, really important. Home Instead has a very comprehensive home safety checklist that I love. It walks you through each room of the home and provides important things to consider. You can download it for free on our website, and I've linked to it in the show notes. This could be something that you go through with your aging loved one. It could actually be every year at this time of year, the holidays. And again, you want to approach it from the angle of keeping them safe in their environment and reducing the risk of falls and accidents. We know that many older adults, they have a fear of falling, but there's so many things that we can do around the house to help reduce the risk of falls. So I want to highlight a few components of that home safety checklist to get you thinking about the safety of your loved one's environment, again, especially as you head home for the holidays. So let's start by talking about bathrooms. This is where we see the majority of falls occur, and I'm sure you can imagine why. Things can quickly become slippery in the bathroom. Uh, I've even slipped myself from time to time. There was a lot of excess water. Um, A lot of times there's tile flooring, so we want to be really careful. And grab bars for showers and tubs can be really helpful for getting in and out. You You can also have them around the toilet that can help the individual sit and stand more easily. It really is helpful to do your research on the best placement for grab bars and even consult an occupational therapist to help assess the right height to install the grab bar for your loved ones. And also they make a lot of pretty grab bars these days, so don't let the aesthetics slow you down. You also want to be sure that if there are any rugs in the bathroom, that they are secured to the floor. So you can buy rugs with a rubber backing or use double-sided tape to make sure that the edges don't curl up and create a tripping hazard. You may also want to talk about a longer-term solution to make the bathroom more accessible. My in-laws recently remodeled their bathroom to take out the tub and put in a walk-in shower. You know, they're still in really good health, but they wanted to make this change now so they can continue to use uh, the bathroom safely and stay in their same home, their same living environment for many more years to come. You know, another important area in the home to consider for safety are the stairs. 
Stairs aren't always designed for those with balance or mobility issues in mind. You might want to be sure, or you definitely want to be sure, that the stairway is free of clutter and also that they're well lit. It can be so helpful to have a light switch at the top and the bottom of the staircase. You also want to be sure that there are sturdy railings. And you might want to even consider adding a second railing to the opposite side uh, so that there's a railing on both walls, allowing both hands steady support as the person goes up and down. A longer term solution or consideration could be a stair lift or a glide. In my grandma's house, there is a stair lift down to the basement because that's where the garage is. So she uses it to go up and down safely on a daily basis. And I just mentioned lighting, and this is something really important to consider throughout the house, especially in areas that are frequently used, like entrances, bathrooms, hallways, bedrooms. You can upgrade to LED light bulbs because they're brighter and have potential for a longer you know, life, so you don't have to change as many light bulbs. You could also add battery-operated kind of stick-on lights uh, in places like closets uh, or uh, underneath the um, the cupboards and the counter to create more light on the countertop. You also could consider night lights. Those are helpful for any sort of restroom use during the night, and you can even look for ones that are motion censored, so that your loved one doesn't have to turn on any lights. And those motion censored night lights can help light the way to the restroom. Another important thing to think about are the doorways and the thresholds. You know, even one step up. Uh, into the house, that threshold or, you know, one that's six inches or more can be a challenge for someone with a walker or wheelchair. So you could look into installing a ramp or adding a grab bar. You know, for example, if there are two steps in and out of the garage, a grab bar could be installed on the garage side of the wall to help steady them as they go in and out. Also, when it comes to the doorways, you can find what are called swing clear door hinges that help to provide just a few more inches in the doorway. So somehow, I'm not really sure, I'm not a mechanic, so I don't know all the logistics, but it helps the door open wider to allow for things like walkers and wheelchairs. A longer term solution could also be widening the doorway itself, which might involve some construction. So again, you'd want to talk through the logistics of all that. In addition to going room to room, consider the person's daily routine and things that could make their life easier and safer. For example, where is the laundry located? Is it in the basement? You know, carrying uh, laundry baskets up and down the stairs to the basement, that could be, again, a risk for falls. So instead, could a closet on the main floor, maybe in the guest bedroom, be converted into a laundry room with a stackable washer dryer? So they no longer have to lug clothes up and down the stairs. With some small fixes and potentially longer term solutions, the living environment really can be made safer. So I encourage you to download that checklist, that home safety checklist that's in the show notes for even more tips and ideas. To wrap things up for today's episode, my hope is that while you're home for the holidays, these tips will be helpful in getting you thinking about what to keep an eye out for, Also, starting these conversations early, it's such a good thing. It can be helpful, especially to prevent a crisis, accident, or emergency from occurring. Know that you're not the first adult child to visit home and realize that something is off. Many family caregivers go through this, 
and it can be a great time to start planning ahead for current and future needs. In the next episode of Caregiver Chats, it's part two of my Home for the Holiday series, where I'll talk about how to make the most of the most wonderful time of the year by reducing your stress as a caregiver. I'll also provide some gift ideas for aging adults and for family caregivers. So I hope you'll listen. And if you have any gift ideas, please email me at caregiverchats at homeinsteadinc.com. I also invite you to follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Homeinstead Inc. Again, that's Homeinstead Inc. There you'll find previews of upcoming episodes, caregiving tips, and more. You can find all the links in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening, and please remember to take good care of yourself while you care for others. Caregiver Chats is brought to you by Home Instead. If you're looking for in-home care to support you on your caregiving journey, please visit homeinstead.com slash caregiverchats to learn more.